So anyway, let's, let's just go through this. So um, <clears throat> I think you're going to get it. So I, this is just a summary of what I just told you. So I'm going to tell you what I'm going to say, and I'm going to say it, and I'm going to tell you what I said. This is what I'm going to take my Air Force Academy M5 training. Um, yeah, so Jesus gives us the secret. He teaches them how to pray. You know, and, and Paul tells us, hey, be anxious about how many things? Nothing. So what things should we be anxious about? Nothing. Now, when you go to your typical Bible study or prayer meeting, how anxious is it? Everything. <laughs> everything. That's exactly right. Everybody's freaked out about everything. In fact, oh, guys, you do not have to worry about the coronavirus, please. Like, going through the airports, I'm going, you guys are the ones that are going to get it. You knuckleheads, stop. Keep it over there. Everybody in the airport is wearing these masks. I'm like, no, no. No, I'm not going to get it. You can breathe coronavirus into me and I'm not going to get it. I just promise you I'm not going to get it because it's not a thought to me. Like, no, you idiots, take the mask off and live. It's, you don't have to worry about it because it, be anxious about the coronavirus. That's not in there. It says be anxious about what? Nothing, <laughs> nothing. Not even the coronavirus, right? That's why I love the, the testimonies that, like the John Lakes of the world is like everybody's dying of plague and he goes, put that plague on my hand. He's the only guy that's going in there and cleaning up. They're all praying in tongues. He's like, stop all that. Let me just fix this for you. That should be you and I. There's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to fear. Be anxious for nothing but in everything. Don't you love how Paul writes? You can only go to Bible school and get this confused. Because Paul, Paul leaves no gray. I'm telling you, he leaves no gray. Does he? Renelia, me went to Bible school. He's no gray. He's all, every, nothing, above, on earth, below, all, all the time, doesn't he? He writes like that. As far as I can tell, he wrote most of the New Testament. But be careful about that Paul guy, right? Dangerous doctrine. <laughs> By the way, if we're going to take scripture, the only people Jesus tells you to be aware of in dangerous doctrine is who? The Pharisees. What did the Pharisees know better than anybody else? The book. It's the only white people who he tells you to be dangerous of. Be careful of those guys because that leaven of the Pharisees will screw up the whole thing. They're going to read it. They knew the Bible, did they not? And I was thinking about that today even. I was like, you know, the people who quote unquote knew scripture the most typically know it the least because they're reading it from a surface literal level and then Paul comes along and goes, I'm the, I'm the Pharisee of Pharisees. I'm the Jew of Jews. I'm the tribe of Benjamin. Circumcised. If there was ever a better Jew, it's me. And he missed it all, didn't he? He's killing Christians in the name of Jesus. Then he sees the light and he goes, no, I get what it all means now. Right? So the only time he tells you beware is beware of the leaven, the Pharisees, is I'm only love. He, there's no judgment in him. Right? There's no judgment. So here's what he says. <clears throat> he says, the father judges no one. I, in John, where it says, I, did I come to judge? That's what Jesus says. He says, no, what did he come to do? To sozo, to heal. See, we've, we've taken salvation because of this idea that we can be separate from God. So we've made salvation is say some words and then uh, in the end, I'm gonna be justified because you guys are gonna burn. That's really... That's really a summary of Western Christianity today is somehow my life's going to be miserable this whole time because I'm under legalism, but I'm going to be justified in the end because you're going to be, you're going to burn and I'm going to be total joy. Like that, what a mess, right? That's just a mess. It's no wonder people can't stand that. 
they miss him. They miss him. And they're still missing him today. So don't be worried about, there's no fear. In, there's no, perfect love casts out fear. There's no, how can you be afraid of perfect love? You can't. That's the whole point, right? But be careful. And that's, it's that weird separation idea. We talk about this all the time. Somehow you're going to get misled and you're going to go burn in hell forever. So be careful of that doctrine. And the only time Jesus tells you to be careful is be worried about those guys who give you that doctrine. Typically the ones running around saying heresies are the heretics. Right? Don't, that's heresy. No, no, no. No, he called you the, your father's the Diablos. Jeez, he told the high priest that. The guy who knew scripture better than anybody. He's like, your father, you were birthed out of the wrong thinking, the fallen mind. Your father was a, your father was a, a liar from the beginning, the Diablos. He says, anybody who's come before me steals from what you've already had. Right? Really, so the thief is not, the thief is not this, this horny guy in a red suit that you have to be aware of. Who was the thief in scripture? The law. Everybody that came before him. It's stealing what they already had. Isn't that interesting? Woo. Jeez, I'm teaching scripture. Whew. The word is horn. See, my mind was not there, Michael. <laughs> I won't repeat that. Something to do with. Oh. <laughs> I can't do it. I get to, I'm fine with that, just not publicly on stage because I'd get enough grief. So, um, anyway, so what was I saying? You got me all mixed up now. So, uh, it's kind of like, what, what was your favorite part? I can't say, right? <laughs> when you're awake at 4 a.m. and there's nothing to do, what do you do? I don't know. We prayed. We went to Bible study. So science and quantum physics is beautifully telling us the same thing, in my opinion. It's beautiful. I don't know why we're rejecting this. I was thinking about that today. I was like, uh, anytime, anytime what, what scripture people think scripture says, and then all of a sudden science goes, this is irrefutable. This is over here. Like Copernicus and Galileo, how'd the church treat them? called them heretics, right? Now, it's, now we accept it as science. So anyway, I just, I love quantum physics because I think it's teaching exactly what scripture has always taught, which is this beautiful thing to me. And here's basically what they say. The observer effector, quantum physics, don't worry about the name because people start freaking out. It really is pretty, it's really pretty simple. The observer effect, the double slit experiment, all this Max Planck, all these guys, it basically comes down to this. Thoughts become things. By faith, we understand that everything that you see is created by what? Things we can't see. That means there's something that's going on in and through and without everything that's been created that we can't see but actually runs everything, right? And Jesus calls it the secret of the kingdom of God, which is the love of God. And science goes, hey, you know what? There's this mystery that we're all connected somehow. We're all, we're all everything is, is beautifully in harmony and works perfectly when everything's in love. When we, when we get out of love, things start to get wacky, right? And, uh, we know what that is. It's called the Holy Spirit. It's called the love of God. That's what connects everything and through. And that's Colossians 1, John 1, everything else. So anyway, so when Jesus says the kingdom is where? Within. And he goes, I'm going to give you the secret. So this, this is like a parent going, hey, kids, if I could teach you anything, the number one thing of life is, here's Jesus' big moment. I'm going to tell you the secret, how this whole thing works. And he goes, what goes on in here is what you're going to experience out here. Right? That's all quantum physics is saying, isn't that? Like the observer effect? Like if you look at the double slit experiment, it's simply this. They shoot an electron at, the, at this paper that, 
that uh, uh, there's two slits, whether they shoot photons or electrons, whatever, and when they don't observe it, when they don't focus on it, when they let it just do whatever it wants to do, what do you think that electron looks like? It's just pure energy. It's a sine wave. And it really is fascinating. It's whatever you want me to be. You haven't told me what you want to be yet. But the minute they put a microscope on it and believe how, if I was, if I, here's, here's a simple way to look at this. <clears throat> um, I don't know if they're going to have that Dr. Pepper Super Bowl thing where they, they throw footballs through those holes. You guys know what I'm talking about? All you sports guys do, but if you're not. They basically, they take these two college students and they've got a, a Dr. Pepper sign with a hole in it and they take footballs and try to throw a, a football through that hole, right? So it's simply this. is If I throw a football through that hole and it goes through the hole, what would I, ex and there was a graph paper at the end that when the football hits it, it's gonna leave a mark, right? So if I throw a single football through that hole, and it hits the graph paper, and then I look at the graph paper, what should it look like? A single mark. Here's quantum physics. When they don't have any expectation, when they don't monitor it, you throw that football through there, and you go look at the graph paper, what does it show? Sine wave. Bunches of footballs. You haven't told me where you want me to be yet. The minute they put a microscope on it, single football. They've been doing that for over 100 years, guys. They go, and at the quantum world, the spirit level, whatever you do inside, whatever you believe. So when the scientists go, hey, you know what? This is kind of weird. We expect there's going to be only a single mark on there when they monitor it, single mark. And you can't trick it. It's double blind, triple blind. It's, such, it's so fascinating to me. Bottom line is this. If you want to change anything out here, Jesus tells us, where do, you, where do you have to do it? Within. The kingdom is within. When you pray, he's going, hey, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, Pray. Because then you don't have to be anxious about anything. Now, if we knew our prayers were going to be answered all the time, you wouldn't be anxious, right? But I think because we've, we've created this weirdness about prayer, about levels of faith and all this stuff, and uh, you got to pray in tongues long enough, you got to stop doing that. God doesn't answer the sinner's prayer. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought it says he pours out his blessing on the righteous and the unrighteous. Which is it? Doesn't it say that? How, how can that guy, I know that guy's a sinner. How come his life works? Because in that area of life, he believes something different than you. That's it. Isn't that interesting? Now believe the right thing. That's what's fascinating. If we knew that all of our prayers were going to be answered, there's no reason to lust. Because I only lust for something I can't have. Right? Or I don't think I'm going to get. But when I know I can get it and I can teach the next guy to get it, there's no reason. Like, if you realize you're really a joint heir and you have everything, then you, there's... Just most of you guys have been taught incorrectly how to pray. So I'm trying to teach you the kingdom of God. I know I'm hammering on this, but it's the number one thing I deal with is people are like, oh my God, my, this is happening in my life. Please pray. Like, you know what? I'm trying to get you to relax and know that you can do it within. And you never have to be anxious again. So those are good things to teach you, right? Okay, so let's keep going. So, all right. Okay. Genesis 1, the Hebrew. Now, this is pretty interesting to me. I've got to get, oh, man, I was getting excited about this. Sorry. Uh, where is it? Uh, 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 this is so good. I just wrote notes. On, on, I didn't want to bore you with all the, all right. So, this is just, uh, if you take the Bible hub and you go to Genesis 1-1, this is what you'll see. So, this is Genesis 1-1. And it's Bereshit bara Elohimet Hashayim Vet Haaresh, right? So Genesis one one. Now 
what's really interesting is Bereshit. We see that in the beginning. If you look at in the beginning, we think time frame. But it could be time frame. But actually, in Hebrew, it actually says the principal thing or the main thing. If you're going to start anywhere, start at the main thing. So where does Genesis 1 start at? The main thing. Now, here's what's really interesting. Bara means create. It means to form or fashion. Now, that, that, that little... It's called bet, but with a little dot in it, that first Hebrew letter, and then resh is the back of a man's head, and then aleph, which is the first letter of the alphabet. Um, bet resh, how many of you guys know what bet resh means? Bar. Sun, right? Bar is sun. So the first two letters there is the sun. And then aleph is the first letter of the alphabet. It's ox, it means service or strength, right? So... The sun's strength is to what? What's the word in English? Create. The main principle is you're a sun that can create. Isn't that what quantum physics is telling us? What you believe becomes. Doesn't that sound like, when you believe you have it, you have it? Doesn't that sound like Jesus teaching prayer? Huh. That's interesting, isn't it? Anybody else think that's cool? I think that's cool. So, all right. So the main principle from the beginning, the main principle is the sun has the sun has the strength of God to create. Okay. So the main principle is that suns can create, which is Elohim. Elohim just means gods are godlike. If you go look at it, Yahweh is introduced in Genesis four. So in the beginning, the suns had the ability to create which is Elohim. Now, how many guys, that middle word, you, some of you guys have seen Joseph Prince teach this, is Aleph Bet. Aleph is the first letter of the alphabet. Bet is the last letter of the alphabet, right? So Aleph is the ox, the servant or the strength of God, right? Like Ab, Ab is A-B, Aleph Bet. Ab is what? Anybody know? Ab? Ab? He didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of Abba, he's my dad. So Ab in Hebrew is Aleph Bet, like A-B-C, Aleph Bet, A-B, right? So it's the strength of God of the Bet of the house, the, or the, the strength of God is within, within the house. Bet is always within, within the enclosure. And it, where, where you guys go at night, this enclosure is called what? Your house, right? So when he says the kingdom is within, it's within the tabernacle within, it's within, right? Does this make sense to you? Actually, the Hebrew is actually pretty easy. It's when it's translated in English, everybody misses it. So, <clears throat> in the beginning, the main point was the son could create, like God, a left bet. So, Jesus, Jesus says, I am the, I mean, the left bet, a left off. I'm the first and the last, right? Um, if you look in, in your strongest concordance, what is it going to say a left toff is? Nothing, untranslatable. You're seeing it, but you're not seeing it. Does that make sense? The New Testament's what? Revealed. It's always been there. But even to this day, if you look at it, it says untranslatable. Don't you, do you think it means something? Probably, doesn't it? All you Bible students. <laughs> you don't know Genesis 1? Probably not. <clears throat> A left off. Jesus says, I am the Alpha and Omega, but he, he didn't speak Greek. You guys know that, right? It was translated into Greek. So Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet, right? You get it? 
So he, he, would have spent, he would have said Aramaic or Hebrew. So he says, I am that thing that you don't know, Aleph Toph. Now, here's what's really interesting about all of this is uh, he's that, okay? So he is Aleph Toph. Now, this next part I really want to show you. <clears throat> Sorry. Hey, the sons have the ability to create. That's the main principle of the first thing, right? And then he's in the very center. He goes, I am the Aleph Toph, the beginning and the end, <clears throat> Which in pictures, if you look at Aleph, is, the, is uh, the servant, the ox of the house, the strength of, the strength of God. <clears throat> and then Toth is either a cross or a sign of a covenant, a sign or a covenant. So you can look at it this way. He was the lamb on the cross. He's also the servant of the covenant, the strength of the covenant. Does that, does that make sense? He's the center of everything. All right, so... Now, this is what's really cool. The heavens and the earth. Hmm. What does this mean? So we have this idea that it's the heavens and then this is the earth here, right? There's something in the middle there that's really interesting. It says there's a vav, which is that little... Gosh, I wish I had a thing. It's the last three words, the middle one where it's translated and in English. It's a vav and then what are the next two letters? Left off, right? So something... And here's what Vav, I wanted to just share this with Vav. So Vav, Vav is the sixth letter of the alphabet. <clears throat> now, when was man created? On what day? Sixth day in the creation narrative, right? It's the sixth letter. The num- 666 is the number of man's effort. Man, right? But what it all, well, here's what's really interesting about Vav, the mystery of the Vav. This is in Hebrew. Um, the letter Vav is the, guess which letter? Sixth letter. It shows up in the, which word in Genesis 1? Sixth word. And it's the 22nd letter of all of the letters in the Torah, in Genesis 1. How many letters in the Hebrew alphabet? The whole thing's connected in him, is what he's trying to show you. It's, it's the sixth letter, or the six, he's, the first time Vav shows up is the sixth word, and it's the 22nd letter of the Hebrew alphabet. He's the beginning and the end. It's, it's beautiful. But here's what, what Vav is really cool. The placement of the Vav <clears throat> suggests uh, two of its essential connective powers. If you look at that little thing, the Vav, it's a picture of a man. So you see, kind of see the head and then a straight line, which would make sense. Six is the number of man. So this is a man, right? <clears throat> it's a picture of a man. You got that little... Yod, Yod is the, the strength or ability of, of, of God to do work in a man. So, but here's what's really cool. The Vav, let me read this to you out of the Hebrew. This is really wild to me. The placement of the Vav suggests two essential connective powers. It joins, or it's a divine hook. I'm gonna show you that. So the other picture is a divine hook, a silver hook, which shows up in the temple of the wilderness. So it hooks whatever's on either side of it. So the Vav hooks what? Heavens and the earth. The Vav hooks whatever comes after it. Vav is the picture of man. What comes after it? A left tough. What's he saying right there? You are hooked to him before the foundation of the world. You cannot get away. You're hooked to him, which is the place where I meet, which connects the heavens and the earth. Isn't how Jesus taught how to pray? Is that wild? 
So here's Hebrew. The placement of the Vav suggests two things. It joins heaven and earth. It complies the, the connection between spiritual and earthly matters. It is where heaven meets earth. Man meets heaven in man. And everything's connected. That's Hebrew Vav. Hallelujah, man. You could spend six months on that. Versus in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Nice. You're seeing but not seeing a thing, right? Isn't that interesting? Now here's where it's really cool too. So in the, in the narratives, so when Jesus is slain, when they come out of Israel, then where's the temple? Where's the temple? No, no, no. For 40 years, where was the temple? Wherever the people were. It moved around. The people in the temple moved with it. What is that a picture of? Us. <laughs> right? The temple, God's presence is wherever you are. And wherever you are, I am. So for 40 years, the temple followed the people and the people followed the temple. Isn't that wild? Now here's what's cool. So <clears throat> in the, in the, when, when the tabernacle, when God's given uh, in Exodus 27, 9 through 10, here's where Vav is also used. The Vav was used in the tabernacle or the Mishkan in the wilderness to refer to the hooks of silver which fastened the acacia wood posts. So wood is always symbolic of what in, in scripture? Man, you and I, right? We're oaks of righteousness, plantings of the Lord. When he says, I'm gonna burn up the, the, the wood stubble and hay, he's saying, I'm gonna burn up everything that's of man and only leave what's what's left of me at the end. So that all that's gonna be left is any man's effort's gonna be burned up, but all that's gonna be left is silver, gold, and precious stones. So in the temple of the wilderness, which is really cool, <clears throat> the vavs were silver hooks that fastened the sheets of fine linen to the inside of the temple. Hallelujah, man. That's, that's big to me. I don't know, I just, we're divinely hooked to the, so when we see Revelation, he says, you are all clothed in fine linen. It was already back in scripture where it says, you know what? This divine hook, I'm hooked to you. You're hooked to me. Where heaven and earth meet is you. And I'm connected to you. The Vav connects whatever comes before and after it. So the Vav is the picture of man is connected to a left tof. Now a left tof, Jesus says, I'm the left tof. So Jesus means what? What's Yeshua mean? Let's start there, maybe. What's Yeshua mean? Yahweh saves, right? yud heh vav -he saves. That's Yeshua. Good? You're connected to it. And if he says the kingdom, I'm gonna give you the secret of the kingdom, is where? Within. And this is how you pray. Whatever you do in the heavens is what you're gonna see on earth. I connect what you see in heaven to what happens here. You guys getting this? It's all right there. It's all Genesis 1. Now, that's, some of you guys have heard this. It's the old covenant, he's hidden or concealed. But in the new covenant, he's, I saw a great light. I thought I knew scripture, but now I get it. That was Saul to Paul, right? You guys good? Is that, am I the only guy that thinks that's cool? I think that's really cool. So let's see if there's anything else on the mystery of the Vav there, which I just think is awesome. Uh... Oh, this is kind of cool too. The oversized vav is the belly of the Torah. It's literally the, the, the center letter of the entire Torah, which is Leviticus 11, 42. Isn't that cool? Vav is a picture of man. It represents the number six. It's been associated with the number of man. So man is connected to a left tof. 
Heaven and earth is where connect, is connected with the connection of man and Jesus. That's cool to me. Yahweh saves. Isn't that wild? Anything else I wanted to talk to you about that? No. All right, now let's get into Yahweh. Woo! You guys good? Mm. This is getting scary now, though. <laughs> oh. All right, let's go to that next one. All right. So, let's go to that. Ne- oh, no, the other way. Yeah, okay. So, Yahweh is four letters. It's tetragrammaton, if you want to look at it. Like, the Hebrews, the writers of the scripture, um, thought it was so holy. They, every time they were going to write it, they had to dip their pen in new ink, virgin ink, and then write yud he vav he. And now in, in the New Covenant, it's translated, Lord, oh man, I, I think next week I'm going to go through Philippians 4 again and just tell you when it says, um, be anxious for nothing but in everything through prayer, and what it means to uh, be in the Lord. Oh man, when you research, research that out in Greek, geez, is that good. So anyway, so here's, all right. Yahweh saves, which Jesus says, I'm Yeshua. I'm Yahweh saves. I'm that left toff, and you're connected to me, right? So here's Yahweh is just yud Hey vav Hey. So Yud, and it, it actually doesn't show up till Genesis 4. This is the first time Yahweh is used, and uh, um, it's really the birth of Seth. And it says, from that time on, they decried the name of yud Hey vav Hey. That's really interesting. That's a, that's a whole talk too in itself. It's just like the birth of Seth and what it all means, and it really fits all of this beautifully. All right, so Yud, Yad or Yud is the, is a cuffed hand, and it's the ability of God to do work. It's the power of God. Okay, so that's that first letter, that little thing, Yad. <clears throat> Yad is the ability to do work. Okay, you okay with that? That's why in Scripture when it says they had a withered hand, that's what Jesus is talking about. All the foundations are out of place. Your own scriptures say you are Elohim, Psalm 82, but you're gonna fall like princes and die like men because the foundation, the principal thing is not in place. The principal thing is that the, the, the ability of the son is to create. See, they didn't even consider themselves sons, did they? They had fallen so far from the truth that they didn't consider themselves sons. So when Jesus says, I'm just calling him my dad, why are you killing me? He says, because you calling yourself a son make yourself co-equal with the father. We can't have that, Right? Now, you get religious people today, they go, you can't have that. Be careful, that's a dangerous doctrine. And Jesus goes, be careful of that guy. Because he's seen but not seen. Get it? He's going to be careful. Be careful of the leaven of the Pharisees. They think they know scripture, but they don't know scripture. It's really pretty fascinating. So Yod is the ability of the power of God, the strength of God. Hey, a lot of you guys have heard grace, but I think it's much deeper if you get into the, the mystery of the hey. So uh, I, I showed you the symbol. Every, every Jewish letter has a picture associated with it, right? So Yod is a little hand. It's, the, it's strength, of, the strength of God, the ability to do work, literally. So if you don't have your hand and it's withered, to Hebrew, it means you can't do work, right? Okay, so hey, hey is a picture of what? Some of you guys know this. Stephen Melton and I were talking about this. What? It's an open window, and it's really, I would, so I've taught this before, but let me just review real quick. So, hey, did I bring that along? Maybe I didn't. Uh, oh, yeah, I did. So, hey, here's, here's in the Hebrew, here's what they, the mystery of the hey. So, the mystery of the hey, um, oh, gosh, man. I could keep going with this, but let's not. So, hey represents the divine breath, the revelation, the light. It's mentioned five times on the first day of creation. 
Hay hay represents God's creative power. Hay is a picture of the presence of God within the human heart. And literally, it is an open window. So when I look out a window, do I see something if it's an open window? Now watch this. The power of God is what you see out the window. Vav is what? Connects whatever is before and after it. The strength of God is that what you see connects you to what you see. Is that wild or is that wild? It's not seen with your eyes. We'll talk about that a little bit later because Jacob was, when they talk about the blind man, right? They're seen with their physical eyes. That's what Jesus is saying. They're seen, but they're not seen. So where's he telling them to see? Within, yeah, guy, you're right, exactly right. Great to hear, right? To see within, the single eye, right? So when the, when, oh man. Jacob and Esau, towards the end of their life, was, could the father see with his physical eyes or was he blind? He's blind, right? Yet he could see. It's really a fascinating thing. So anyway, so, the strength of God is what you see connects you to what you see. What you see in heaven, in the eye within, connects you to what you see within. Isn't that quantum physics, the observer effect? Isn't that Jesus, what you believe? According to your belief or faith, pistis, then what? Be done to you. changes prayer, doesn't it? Hallelujah, man. This is so good to me. So Vav is a picture of man. So gosh, the strength of God is what you see. It's an open window. It's unlimited. All things are possible is what he says, right? All things are possible. It's the, it's the double slit experiment. If you don't, if you don't, in the parable of the, the sower, if you just think, you know what? Whatever will be, will be. I just trust God. What is your life going to look like typically? Pretty chaotic, right? And he's given you the garden narrative. He says, listen, unless you only see what you want to see, there's going to be tares, there's going to be wheats, it's going to be a mess, isn't it? But when you only see within what you desire to see, the strength of God is, it's going to connect you to exactly what you see. What you focus on becomes, thought becomes things. It's the, the, the whole, uh, I love Dr. Greg Braden when he's explaining, when he interviewed the guys at the Chinese hospital, he says, listen, they didn't disagree that 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 woman had cancer. They didn't rebuke it. They didn't pray in tongues. They said, I rebuke you, devil, and all this nonsense, right? What did they do? They chose to see something else within. They saw her completely whole as if she's already healed, not trying to get healed. They, They prayed from what they desired, not trying to pray to the desire. Does that make sense? When you pray, believe you already have it, and then what? What you see within is gonna, then it's gonna happen. You guys getting this? He goes, at that time, then they started to call on the, the name of yud heh vav heh Yahweh saves, you're connected to it. Here, let me give you the secret of the kingdom of God. It's within. What you do in heaven, the spiritual realm, is where it's gonna be what you do on earth, the earthly realm? That's your surname. You're created in my image. 
We've been among our Bible school. You've been around the humans too long. You've forgotten who you are. That was Bishop Yedipo, our Bible school. They did awesome stuff, man. They just, we're just trying to do all of that and eliminate all the nonsense that went with it. Praying in tongues for eight hours and not sleeping. And like, this, this, no, I, I think I need a different thing. Um, we did it one night, right? Go on, that, who's, whose idea was this? The hour of prayer, they called it. So at midnight, you got to get up and pray. <laughs> we might have done it once or twice. I'm like, you're supposed to fast. I go, where's the Diet Coke, man? Give me a Coke and I'm going to sleep. So crazy. Now, but we get the same results. Isn't that awesome? So which is it? So uh, it's within. It's within. You guys get this? All right, let's keep going. So does this help you? Yes. Where, in what verse is all this? Genesis 1.1. It's hidden, right? But it's there. So we'll just finish this up. So the Lord's Prayer, Luke 11. I just want to review this because I think it starts... Repetition is key. You got to start getting this thing. <clears throat> so in Luke 11, when they say, they go, Lord, teach us how to pray. So that's the context of this. So the, the Luke 11 version says, Lord, teach us to pray. And Matthew doesn't have that. So here's what he's telling them. When they'll pray, don't, don't be the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, stand in the synagogue in the corners of the streets. That they, here's the reason they pray. So they can look religious, right? So they can be seen by men. But amen, I say to you, they have their reward. What's their reward? To be seen by men. They already have it, right? But you, when you pray, he's going, here's how to pray. So if I'm a father and I want to, and my kids, Paul later tells us, hey, in any situation, pray. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, pray. Don't you think we should know how to pray? Right? If he goes, in everything you do, pray. Well, Jesus is telling them how to pray, okay? So, because he's, and he, if you keep going in the Luke narrative, I think, is that's where he starts going, hey, if you understand this being evil fathers, works-based fathers, how much more does my father in heaven? If you ask for the Holy Spirit, is he going to give you a snake? And he gives the unjust judge and all those parables are in there. He's trying to tell them the same thing. If you understand this uh, earthly, where it makes sense to you, as, as a father, if my kids are hungry <clears throat> and they ask for food, what am I going to give them? Food, Right? And he'd give them the other narratives. He's like, if you understand this, how, how much more? Much more. It's Paul's much more. Isn't, it's so good, right? And Jesus is always much more. Be careful. Sounds like prosperity. I came to give you life and life more abundantly. Sounds like prosperity. Hey, Jeff Forrest, when, he got a, when you got your raise, did you come home and tell your wife like, Money doesn't make me happy, honey. I gave it away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because, oh, because you're religious and, yeah, you get this thing. Hey, I've never seen one of you give a testimony like, I gave all, I got a raise, and I refused it because money doesn't make me happy. Not one of you have ever done that. And if you did, I go, who gave you that devil spirit? So, you idiot. Give it to me. (laughs) I can find lots of things to do with it, right? So, I came to give you life, but not too much. What does he say? I came to give you life and life more abundantly. Where sin abounds, grace hyperabounds. Be careful of that greasy grace guy. No, it's way past that. It's hyper past that, right? There's no, there's no greasy grace or other things they try to label it as. I found that the Bible guys always label it stuff so they can dismiss it. Oh, that's greasy grace. That's this, this, this. Hey, come on. When your kids, there's Ramiko. How you doing, buddy? Hey, did you see that Iowa-Penn State match? 
Woo, I was looking good this year, huh? Yeah. I like it. So, where were we? Yeah, what was it? Where was I, sweetie? Keep me on track. Huh? Oh, greasy grace. No, we're, we're full of grease. So, he's full of it, guys. I came to give you life and life more abundantly. Who taught you that? Right? In Genesis. Hey, we're, we're fearful of you, Lord. Who taught you that? Who told you that? I didn't tell you that. Right? You get it? The only time Jesus warns is going, beware of those guys. You guys are hypocrites. You're trying to tell people this is how they're going to be blessed, and you yourselves can't do it. Why are you telling these people? My yoke is easy because you just receive all the work I've done for free. That's what being a son or a daughter is in the kingdom. We receive. We receive an inheritance, right? And what's our inheritance? We're joint inheritors. So how much did Jesus inherit? Oh, he's the name above all, every name. So your name is not Cat Migan, it's Cat Yudhe Vavhe. They called him the name of Yudhe Vavhe. That what you see is what you get. Amen? That's it. That's, the, that's how it was introduced the very first time in Genesis 4. Isn't that wild? Awesome. So, hey, when you pray, throw out the prayer books. That's my interpretation. Go in the secret place. Oh, man, jeez, I'm getting... The revelation of Noah's Ark was coming on me so big this morning too. He says, make for yourselves an ark. So, and if all the law and the prophets were types and shadows, but the truth, the real thing is what? The meaning in faith is what he says, right? About good things to come. So if you want so, Zoe, if you want healing, make an ark yourself. And cover it on the inside and outside. So if something's completely covered, if there's a gift completely covered, can we see the gift? No, it's within. It's within the tabernacle. Amen? So awesome. I was just like, oh, thank you, Father. Anyway. All right. So here's what he's saying. Hey, it's not words because the... There's nothing without side of a man. So words, words mean nothing if they're not coming from here, right? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So people are like, that sounds like name it and claim it. And I remember we had a pastor going, uh, so I stand in my garage and go, I'm a car, I'm a car, I'm a car, I'm a car. See, I'm not a car. I'm like, because your heart won't let you believe you're a car, you idiot. Like, that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah, and that's what he, he was trying to, trying to mock what, what you believe you receive, amen? Even though scripture is pretty solid on it, Right? Jesus says it over and over. It's even in red letters, I should have told him, right? Therefore, it has to be true. So, um, <laughs> all right. So, but here's what he's saying. Pray to the Father, which is in secret, right? Where you can't see it. And the Father, which sees in secret, kruptos, the hidden secret things, the parts, the inward nature, character, shall reward thee openly. Doesn't this sound like what you do in heaven is what you're going to do on earth? Follow me? This is the principal thing. Genesis 1. All right, but when you pray, don't use vain repetitions. Why? Because words mean nothing. They're vain if they're just words. But when they're energia, when, when in James where he says the, the fervent, effectual prayer, a lot of people are like, fervent, effectual, aren't they? <laughs> it's one word in Greek. It says energio, emotional energy, energy in motion. The prayer from emotion, from the energy within, reveals, avails much. 
So you don't have to go, because he's not looking at you externally anyway. He's like, no, you don't have to push out a hemorrhoid. It's, that's not how it works. It's in. And the spirit within prays perfectly for you. Amen? So what you do within, you're going to be rewarded openly. But when you pray, don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they'll be heard because they're much speaking. Let's pray. No. Uh, be not therefore like, don't be like that. For your father knows what things you need of before you ask him. Why? Because he knows everything, right? So if, and he says, I've given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. All things are yours. You're a joint heir of Jesus Christ. You share the life of him. After this manner, now he's going to teach you how. Our father, I told you what, that should be a showstopper right there. Got Jesus killed, right? I didn't send you a spirit of fear. Religion taught you that. Your Bible school taught you that, right? Anytime you introduce fear, be careful. That's introducing fear, isn't it? Perfect love does what to fear? Cast it out because in fear, perfect love casts out fear because fear has the idea of torment. So when you think of hell as this eternal fiery place, I love you so much that in case you don't love me back, I'm gonna torture you forever. That's fear. Paul never evangelizes like that. Jesus never evangelizes like that. He tells the Jews, listen, it's gonna be a bum deal if you don't listen to me. Your whole body's gonna be thrown into the valley of Hinnom and you're gonna burn up. So don't do that. Be like the guy. It'd be better for you to cut your hand off than for your whole body to be burned. When you see the, the armies of Rome surround Jerusalem, get out of here and run to the Petra, the rock. <laughs> and all of them that listened, it says, not one was touched. They were all sozoed, experienced life in that genia. Isn't that wild? Anyway, so... Don't use vain repetitions because that's what the heathens do. They think they shall be rewarded for their speaking. Be not therefore likened to them. Your father knows what things you need of. Our father, hallelujah, man, he's our father. If I'm a son and he's my father, then what do I have? Everything. <clears throat> when you realize you're a joint heir, you're not begging for God to move. You realize I already have it. Follow me. Okay. Which art in heaven? Where's that? <laughs> I remember my pastor, Reverend Ryan Brandt. Man, I got nervous. Because I was an ornery little kid. He'd be in there like this. He'd be like Rennell. I thought he was pointing right at me the whole time. Like, son of a gun. Like, how does he know that? You know, it was my own guilt, right? He'd go in here, he's like angry old Dutch reformed pastor, like yelling at me. Like, if you drink beer, you're going to burn in hell. Like, jeez, it's going to be hot. <laughs> right? <laughs> You've, you better never do this. So I just never told my mom. So, right? But did we do it? Yes. And then the pastor's like, you better never do that. And he's secretly doing it. Oh, jeez. That would have made life so much easier. So, our Father, which art in heaven, holy, sanctified, holy is your surname. Right? If I'm the name, if I have the name above all names, your name. From that day on, they started calling on the name of Yudhe Vavhe. So my family lineage is Yahweh, isn't it? So when I need anything, where do I go? Within, right? What I see within is what to me with attached without. Science has proven it. The only knuckleheads that are gonna have coronavirus are the people worrying about it. It won't touch you. Read your book, Psalm 91. What does it say? When 10,000 people get coronavirus in China, be scared. What does it say? 
you're just gonna see it with your eyes, but it's not gonna touch you. Hallelujah. Let them do, no, are you worried about, didn't we see all the masks? I'm like, just stop already. Well, you know, you guys stop knowing. (laughs) Stop already. (sighs) The only thing that can affect you is within. You gotta throw away a bunch of the stuff you've been taught. About health, about this, about that. Just stop already, right? Stop, stop. Whole Foods is not gonna give you health. Because you just poop it out, is what it says. That's what it says, actually. It actually says that. It says it goes in and it comes out. It's nothing to it, right? But what, what's, what, what defiles a man? My heart. That's where life happens. That's where everything happens. You guys got me? Anyway, so, I eat the same apples you do. I just, mine don't cost as much. So, because I don't go to organic, whatever, whatever. Yeah, whatever. It's just, whatever. Does it follow me? Do I look pretty healthy? <laughs> but you know, no, I don't know that. So I'm trying to get you guys. So, uh, our Father, which is in heaven, where is it? Within. Hallowed. What's that mean? Holy, sanctified, set apart. You are holy. The hooks in the tabernacle, the, go- the silver hooks, connected you to the, the beautiful white linens. You're within and without. The man within, the wooden acacia wood in the, in the, is man, is covered within and without. God's presence is within, and you're covered with fine linen. You're his greatest creation. That's what that means, hallowed, sanctified, set apart. You're holy, you're not dirty. You're not a sinner saved by grace. You were found in him before the foundation of the world, amen? That's it. <clears throat> so, thy kingdom come. How does the kingdom come? He goes, I'm gonna give you the secret of the kingdom. How does the kingdom come? A lot of you guys are still waiting for it, right? Did the kingdom come? Yeah, but what, what, I thought Jesus was gonna come and stand right where he came from. Does it say that? Or is that man's interpretation of it? It doesn't say that, does it? It says, the same way I left is the same way I'm gonna come. And then when we see, I'm gonna come to you pretty quick, is what he says here, right? In Revelation where he says, see, see if, I, if I go, if I go Brent Hubby, oh, I'm so relieved, man. Barb gave you your spoon, Brent and Leslie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they let us use their beautiful place in Beaver Creek, this beautiful ski and ski out. Somehow we get your spoon. Like, look at this thing, like, whose spoon is this? I don't know how we got your spoon, but I feel better that you have your spoon back. <laughs> what else? You, at least it was only a spoon, right? We didn't take something else. I'm like, who brought the spoon? I think it was me, actually. Because I think I took stuff out of the fridge and you had your spoon in it. So, anyway. So, oh, where were we? So, if I go, hey, Brent, Brent and Leslie, here's the deal. I'm going to give you your spoon pretty quick. What would that, in, just in language, what would that mean they're gonna get their spoon? Pretty quick. So when we see scriptures, like when we see one in, in John, right before Revelation, he goes, the hour is when? Now. And I'm gonna come quickly, right? So Brent and Leslie, I'm gonna come quickly. We're still 2,000 years later. We're still waiting for him. Maybe we missed it. Does that make sense? When he says, I'm gonna come but I'm going to go to the Father. I'm going to send somebody else. Who's he going to send? Let's go to this next scriptures. All right. 
What shall you do on earth is going to be heaven? <clears throat> Here's, I went through this. Do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? The words that I say to you, do not speak of my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does the work. The kingdom's within. The, here's how the parables. The, the earth brings forth its fruit all by itself. You don't have to know how it's going to happen. You just believe it's going to happen, and he's going to bring forth the people, places, things. Everything you're, you're going to need is going to fall into place. Is that cool or is that cool? That's beautiful to me. So, <clears throat> I do not speak of my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. Believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. So here's what he's saying. If you don't believe the Father and I are one, how could I be doing all this unless the Father and I are one? Right? Okay. So truly, truly, amen, amen. I say unto you, he who believes, that's what we went through last. Every other place in is the preposition n, which is a location. It's inside something. If I say, hey, hey honey, I'm in the car, what is, where does that mean? Does that mean I'm near the car? What does it mean? It's a location, it's in. This in, it's just translated in in English, but it's ice, it's the only place he changes it right here, is ice. It literally is motion into which, implying penetration, this marriage union. So when two become, when a husband and wife marry, when they penetrate, what happens? They become one. That's what he's trying to say. When you believe that you're in union with me, just like I believe I'm in union with the Father. Then he says, when you believe that, the works that I do, he will do also. And great, what, when will you do these works? When you literally believe that you're one with him. That's what he's saying right there. When you're in union. Does scripture say you're in union? Yeah. Yes, over and over, doesn't it? He even says it right here. The works I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do because I go unto the Father. Oh, so, we're, so let me just answer this real quick. Everybody's waiting for him to come back on a rock in Jerusalem. But that's not what it says. It says, the same way I left is the same way I'm gonna come. How did he leave? Ascending on the clouds. See, this is where we're trying to read it in the western mind and the eastern mind. To the west, you know what the chariots of fire are? I mean, to the eastern, the Jews. Chariots of fire are, the clouds are the chariots of God, the spirit realm. I left in the spirit and I'm gonna come back in the spirit. And at my coming, which is, it's literally just translated perusia, my nearness, my nearness, you're gonna realize you're there with me. So did he come? Said he was gonna come soon. He left on the chariot of fire, the clouds, which is God's chariot, and he came back in the spirit. He's here, guys. In fact, he's where you can't miss him. Where is he? In. Whatever you ask in my name, in your surname, that's why I love the Bill Gates analogy. If you knew you were Gates and he gave you a billion dollar inheritance, you don't worry about money anymore, do you? When you realize that your name is the name above all names, you're birthed from me and you're a son, that, that will I do so the Father may be glorified where? In you. <laughs> they, they, they capitalize it here, but he's like, listen, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do so the Father may be glorified in the Son. I'm a joint heir of... Jesus Christ, so whatever I request, is he gonna do it or not gonna do it? Or is there a maybe attached? It's, yes, it's already done, whoever said that. That's exactly right. It's already done. Oh, I'll stop. Now, let me, geez, I went back to the early translation of Yahweh. You wanna hear this one? Yudhe Vavhe. Yahweh, as first interpreted was, he brings into existence whatever exists, he who, makes, he who makes that which has already been made. Wow. That sounds a lot, lot like quantum physics to me. 
Matter's neither created nor destroyed. Energy equals matter, as Einstein said. Energy equals matter. So you tell me what it is, Michael, then I'll become it, right? So if you want your matter to change, something to change in your life, what do you do? Change the energy of it. Therefore, think on these things. Things are lovely, pure. They have a different energy than grumpy, complaining victim. Don't they? They have a different thing than be care of the coronavirus. It's better to go, hallelujah, man, that nothing can touch me. Hallelujah. What a different energy, right? It's just different. So guess what? I'm not worried about it. So <clears throat> I swear to God, you can breathe the coronavirus in me. Just like, I'll put it here. It's not going to touch me. So I will ask the Father. He will give you another helper that he may be with you. How long? No, we're still waiting for him to come back on the rock in Jerusalem because we don't understand scripture, right? That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because he can't see it. You think the kingdom's outside. They're still waiting for Jesus physically to come, stand on a rock in Jerusalem and go, well, I'm king. So, but you know him he, because he abides with you and he will be where? In you. I will not leave you as orphans. That means you have a parent. You have an inheritance. You have a father. You have a mother. I will come to you. 2,000 years later, we still waiting for him? No. After a little while, not 2,000 years, after a little while, right? After a little while, the world will no longer see him, but, but you will see me. Where are you going to see him if you can't see him visibly? Inside. That's what he just says. I'm going to be in you. The world, it's, it's such a, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it can't see him. They're trying to see him with their physical eye, but you're going to see him within your spiritual eye. Follow me? Doesn't he say that? So, the world, because he can't see him, is still waiting for him. It's waiting for him to come down on a rock in Jerusalem, but I'm already in you, and you're going to see me. And you're going to know me because I'm going to live where? In the tabernacle made without hands. So that's where my presence is. That's where my divinity is. That's where the God, everything is. If you understand I'm a son, a daughter, in union with you, ask anything, and the Father within you is going to do it for you. Hallelujah. Isn't that cool? I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you just in, in a little bit. Don't, not 2,000 years. It's already done. You'll see me because I live. You will also live. And that day, you will know that I am in the Father. Our Father, which lives in heaven, is where? In you. So the heavenlies is where? In you. It's Genesis 1, guys. Got it? All right, get to your feet. Hope that helps. Oh, so good to me. Thank you, Father. It's all the same message. I know it's like, you guys getting bored of this? No. I keep wanting to move, and I'm like, no, this, because this is it. This is, this is the secret of the kingdom of God, and if there's any situation in your life, don't be anxious about it. Pray. So we got to get people to understand what that is. Amen? You got to understand your inheritance, guys. You got to understand you're the light of the world. Amen? So you're the light of the world. You're the one that can, you don't have to, it's not a debate about theology or being careful about this doctrine, that doctrine. It's none of that. It's know you're a perfectly loved son, full stop. Amen? Daughter, same thing. Oh, so if you want anything to change in your life, where do you do it? Within. What you do here is gonna be seen by all. Amen? For others, for you. So I don't care what you want. He's perfect love. He's never kept record of wrong. You don't have to feel guilty or ashamed about anything. It's going to keep you in bondage. You're not a victim, guys. You're not, stop worrying about the corona and all this other nonsense. Remember the bird flu? Oh, yeah. Like the whole world was going to die? How many people died? Just drink a different beer. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> drink a stronger adult drink, right? That'll take care of it. So <laughs> that's kind of my philosophy too. So anyway, ah. so when I start getting fearful about anything, where do I go? Within. Be anxious about nothing, but in everything, go within. And what you see here, the world don't understand it because it can't see it physically, but you see it within. And whatever you do there, I'm going to do it so that you may be glorified to know that people know that the Father's within. Amen? And he perfectly loves you. So you need anything. Just change this. Before you've even asked, he's said yes. So it's not a struggle. It's not a strain. So Father, we just thank you that everything you are just starts to get revealed in them, that you're perfect love. They're a son. They're a daughter. They could do nothing to separate you. You love them perfectly. <clears throat> so if they need healing, you've already said yes. They don't need to pray and beg you to get healed. When you ask, believe you have received it. You already have it. So you're praying from the end. You, you see yourself completely whole, knowing that what the Father sees you doing in the spirit place, when he sees you seeing yourself as completely whole, guess what? The strength of God is what you see within is gonna be attached to what you see without. Amen? So what you see within is exactly what's gonna happen to you physically. Amen? He makes this really simple. So Father, we just thank you that they're healthy, they're whole, they're abundant, they're healed, they're loved. Everything you are, they're joyful. We don't have to be anxious. We know that before we've even asked, you've said yes. So our joy may be full. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. And in Jesus' name is Yeshua saves. Healing's within. Amen? That's your name. Cool? All right, God bless you guys.